You got the chill. The chill, chill, chill. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. We are the best place, number one place in the United States to live, right here in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And I've heard from a lot of people across the league that question that. <laughs> they obviously didn't, uh, didn't take those votes in the winter. Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. is back. Yeah, baby. With the mountains are blue, you know what to do. And that's Crush a Coors Light. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light live from the Everlight Solar Studio. You can get to the show 844-770-3776. We are going to debut a new segment that isn't going to be regular, but regular enough because Matt Hamilton has gone regular <laughs> enough. Yeah, I was going to say, it's going to be pretty regular. That uh, whenever Matt returns after an extended stay, if it's a couple days, we won't do it. But we'll do Matt's back, and we'll do that next segment. And Alex Strofe's going to create a little bit of a recap what's happened on the show, maybe in the sports world or just on the show in general. And we'll get Matt's reaction to it. We'll do that uh, the next segment. Today, I have a question for you, Matt Hamilton, Alex Strofe behind the glass. And I have a question for all you out there, 844-770-3776. Today, and if you're a loyal listener of the show, and of the station specifically, you would recognize the name Steve Palatsina, at least from the show Stephen Craig, which aired here in Madison on these airwaves way back in the day when this station got its start. He is a C-level person in the company, and it is his birthday today. And... I, uh, I know him. I worked down in Florida a little bit with him. So where do you fall? I learned on Facebook. And normally if I'm friends with someone and I see even like a good acquaintance, if I see on Facebook that they're, it's their birthday, I'm going to text them happy birthday. Right. But I'm not going to shoot the Facebook one. Now, Steve, look, there's a lot of kiss asses who are just going to send a text or whatever. And so I feel like it's going to get lost in the, the shuffle there. And uh, this has happened before with Craig Karmazin. Do you wish a happy birthday on, on social media? Do you send an email? When I, I don't know if we have that type of relationship where I'm going to send a happy birthday. I don't think I get one from him regularly. So what do you do when a C-level person or one of the founders and owners of the company, when it's their birthday? 844-770-3776. Because you don't want to be a kiss-ass. I think that's like the worst thing to be. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it depends. It's If you're... Just going like a little bit above and beyond on the birthday. Like, say, Jim, you were hyper conscious of this and you just bought birthday cards and you just did a little hand noted, uh, like handwritten note and a thanks. People Happy like birthday. Me. Send it out. But if they don't know you, so like, Matt, for an example but here, I'm just saying, like, if every time you saw them and you did something like this grand gesture, then yes, you're a kiss ass. But. If you're just doing something nice for their birthday and actually sending a card, that's not like over the top. But if or you've like, a like text. if you've like had a in person conversation with them, and this isn't me again, I work with Steve down in Florida. Right. If you're just like casually when they're in the office, they say hello, you talk for thirty seconds, you send a thank you note or a thank you email. I feel like it's going extra. You're extra. Maybe not a kiss ass, but you're definitely extra for that. Like you're trying to bring it because the thing I have with birthdays most of the time, yeah, is I think sometimes for. 
people who are at higher levels or bosses or whatever, we're we're, we're pretty like not too too big in the titles here in the company. But I feel like you uh, people make the birthday about themselves. Like, hey, I need to let this person know that I value their birthday instead of actually valuing their birthday. <laughs> That's the whole problem I have with like Facebook in general. Like when people right. do these grand gestures on Facebook uh, to like the person sitting next to them in their house. It's like. Well, well th- that's called a win-win, Jim. Don't look at it so cynically. If they're going to feel better about wishing somebody a birthday. She's like, why did you do this all on social media? Now it looks like you're trying to pat yourself on the back for how great you are for wishing me such a grand birthday. So that's I don't the thing. do that. There's a little bit of a, uh, it's a win-win. But it's you not a win-win. You feel good about she did, but she exclaiming it, and then she should feel good about seeing a nice post. It, it feels a little extra. It feels like, look at me, look how great I am doing this for this person. <laughs> but more so for... <laughs> If it's not like your direct superior uh, right. at the company, yeah. I, no, you're right. It's eh, you like, know him. You should be able to send a text. I don't. I, I'm feel gonna look like, back at my text and I'm gonna see if he shot me a text for if, my birthday. Yeah. If the last time you guys texted and it was you wishing him happy birthday last year, I would not. Send no, it. and I saw him. I saw him in Florida, and okay. we texted and talked since then. Okay. So, but he's also not like a big birthday guy. He's not gonna be like, gee, guy, thanks, buddy. Like, I'm not a big <laughs> birthday guy either. So it's also a little cornball of like. You know, I, the only thing I want to confirm is if it's like fifty. I don't know, like that could nah, be a big deal. Fair. But otherwise, like Alex, have you ever interacted uh, with Steve Palatino? One time, I had a very brief meeting with him in person when he was in Madison. And so, did you wish that, him happy birthday? Uh, now, this, what do you know- mean by brief meeting? Like you guys <laughs> talked in the hallway for a second? No, like he did a one-on-one with everybody in our office uh, when he was here, being the president of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, but I. Uh, I had to leave, so it was about fifteen minute interaction. What did you have to do? I had a high school football game. Yeah. Oh, such uh, a hardo. Sorry, President. I gotta go do this high school game. Uh, well, do you not do, want do you us to make? The, this yeah. Game? Do you think the president of the company would be really happy if I skipped the high school football game that's supposed to be on our airwaves? No, I was just think it's funny. You no, had I, to leave for that. I think you just want to make fun of me for yes. whatever you can. Yeah, absolutely, uh, <laughs> absolutely. But, but yeah, I don't. I didn't know it was his birthday until he said it. I don't think we're like Facebook friends. I think I follow him on Instagram. That's about it. <laughs> cool. Thanks. So, are you going to shoot him any sort of Instagram note or anything? You no, shoot him I an email. Honestly, I honestly think he would find that odd. Should we He'd sing? Be like, a- how the hell would, does that guy know it's my? Should birthday? we sing happy birthday to him and then email, <laughs> send him the audio? Yes. <laughs> so it could be as extra as possible. We could be the biggest kiss ass mm-hmm. show out there. Yeah, I mean, I think if you go above and beyond like that and you set yourself apart. It, it's going to be fresh in the brain. I think, it maybe not to our face, but I think relentlessly behind our backs. But I think you'd say it to our face, too. Make fun of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's great about Steve. So, uh, 844-770-3776, what do you do when the president of your company or a C-level person in your company who you interact with some has a birthday? Like, what do you do? Uh, what do you think is appropriate? Because I, I, I haven't my, encountered it very often. My, my big fear in, the, in life, more than anything else, like, I don't want to be considered extra- or a cornball or a kiss ass. I never want to be any one of those three things. Little too late, pal. Yeah. But that's ex- like, I, I think we know what you mean. Yeah. But extra, people are like, going to call you a cornball for what we talk about on the air every day. Yeah, but like that, is, like a cornball to me is like I'm going to be extra Johnny tryhard and like make sure I cross all the T's and dot all pressure, the I's. Pressure, pressure. Like, that's not what I want to be. That's okay, what I consider. Fair. It's a matter of, again, cornball is in your own definition, yeah. and extra is in your own definition. For me, cornballs are tryhards. Everyone yeah. is so mean to me. Do you like being a try? You're not a tryhard, are you, Shroff? 
Not saying you don't try hard. I'm saying you don't like to like make your existence about being a tryhard. Uh, I, I guess that's not really my decision to make. Do you think I'm a tryhard? No, Matt. No, I'm not saying you don't no, try I hard. Think, I, I think you no, I genuinely know. like all those opportunities. That you're you an get attention to. seeker. So, yes, I don't think yeah, you're like attention. You're yeah, a look at me guy. There you go. Sure. Matt is that's a look at me guy, but that's not. That's different than. Look at me because I try so hard. Like, that's Fair. a little different. You're just looking at me because I need attention. Yeah, pretty yes. much. You're a puppy. You're both puppies. Yeah, I do shows much. with puppies, and it's fine. Uh, I love doing shows with, with puppies. You guys give good feedback otherwise, too. When you get attention, you give attention back. Yeah. And we all just share attention on the show. It's great. Uh, also, uh, wanted to... Alex Strofe had a weird encounter in the bathroom, which he seems to always do. Yeah, why do you always have outside. encounters in the bathroom? You're such a weird bathroom guy. Well, it was outside of the bathroom. It but was... all of his ideas yes. are like bathroom related. Yes. Well, yeah. I <laughs> Toilet mean... <laughs> time with Alex Strove coming up next. <laughs> That's the new segment we're rolling. Deep out. thoughts. <laughs> I mean, I do my best thinking in the shower or on the pooper, but I, I don't think I'm alone in that assessment. Like, I think other people feel that way too. But anyway, so I was uh, right before the show. I was walking into our public bathroom. Should I go for a walk or, this is... or like a run regularly? If the best places you're coming up with ideas is just like in the shower. Hour on the, I think just, how I've always operated. But like, I think I would imagine. I, maybe it's I'm another be question. honest for our show that the segment we're rolling out, I thought of in the shower. Okay, which is good. <laughs> yeah, but I think. But you said most people. I feel like a lot of people do where it do on you, like a long walk. Where do you do your best thinking? Probably on a long walk. How often are you taking a long walk? Every Jim? night. I have a dog. I take it for at least a mile walk every single night. Really? Why wouldn't I? I didn't know this about you. I don't know. I'm just. I what, st- would I, what would I do with a dog do otherwise? Do you, do you ever own a dog? Still, I'm still learning new things about him. Uh, like my family has, but never me. Solely. You've never had to like walk the family dog. Of course, of course. Oh. But not every day. Oh, okay. Twice a day, usually. Usually in the morning before I come in, and then when I get home. Wow, wow. you're you're impressive. That's happy uh, dog. But yeah, anyway, so I was I was walking into the public bathroom, not the private stall, which you've uh, ridiculed me out of using, which I would have used, which well, I would have used. Well, like today. point out, we now have floor mates, so you've broken that bad habit before other people have arrived. That's here. true. You're welcome. Um, but I'm walking into the bathroom, and the door flings open as somebody walks out. And this is a man holding a laptop. But not only is he holding a laptop, the laptop is wide open and the screen is on, which means it was recently used. And was it warm? Did you touch it? I didn't touch it. Okay. <laughs> I, he he kind of nodded at me because I, I think he saw my face. I was like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think was on his app, uh, on his laptop? 844-770-3776. I got an idea. Like you? Breaking Bad? <laughs> Something bad. <laughs> No. The Sopranos? Uh, <laughs> Matt, any guesses? 844-770-3776. It's weird. I guess that's the other question, though. Do you bring... What electronics do you bring with you to the toilet in general? I don't even care if it's a public one. I'm not sitting at home on my laptop <laughs> writing emails. You know people bringing iPads in there. That's still cumbersome. Like, I have to put that... Again, like <laughs> yeah. in a public restroom, you, if you have to, like... Clean yourself up. <laughs> the, it's going on the floor, then, right? I don't want I anything of mine yeah. besides my shoes touching the floor in a restroom. And then just the soles of right, my exactly. shoes. Right, I don't want any other part right, of my exactly. shoe touching that part. Exactly. So fair, fair. That's a so an that, iPad or a, a computer. And a computer, I feel like you get hot on your lap. See, that's weird too because it's like even like regardless of what you're doing, where are you putting that? Maybe they just set it down on the sink and use the restroom because they're on their way to a meeting. 
And they that, didn't want to close their laptop and then open I it was, up again. How I was hopeful old that was is the their case. laptop? That I mean, like those are like old laptops where you close it and it's like a big ordeal to get you it back know, out. You the, know, the companies ain't upgrading laptops like they used to anymore. Right? <laughs> what do you know about? <laughs> I don't know anything about. <laughs> this is my personal laptop. Corporate Matt Hamilton. I don't even here. have a laptop like you Cor- guys do. Corporate Matt Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I mean, that's the that's what I'm going to give him for benefit of the doubt. He, he was on his way to a meeting. He set it on the sink, which in that case is acceptable, but that is such a weird interaction. Like, that's that guy's nightmare going into the bathroom with the laptop is that right as he's coming out, someone is walking in and that's seeing you that with stinks. an open laptop in your hand. Yeah, that's weird. That's awkward. Not yeah. great. What's also not- and then to make it even worse, he's staring into Strofe's eyes with that laptop in hand. It's like it could have been anybody. Instead, it's awkward Alex Strofe staring right back at you, wondering why the heck you have an open laptop. Oh man! Speaking of maybe not looking good or good and bad, late into Tuesday's OTA session, according to Rob Domofsky, Jordan Love had completed just three of twelve passes during eleven on eleven periods. He finished six of sixteen with three touchdowns, all of them in the red zone period. It didn't help that starting left tackle, David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins were absent. Love had three passes tipped or batted down, one dropped, and one that should have been picked off by Devondre Campbell. So, mixed bag. Mixed bag performance there. We'll call it a mixed mixed bag. bag. Really terrible start. We cleaned it up in more of a format, you know, kind of a formulated drill there with the red zone. And that's where I want him striving, right? Like... You can. I mean, obviously, you have to get to the red zone, but like, there's no tackling. There's the. I mean, it's hard. I mean, yeah. it, it ended up fine. It's We're fine. OTAs. As look, Rob Domofsky said it best actually to start the story. At some point, everyone around the Green Bay Packers will stop saying it's early when it comes to questions about Jordan Love. That has not come to the case yet. So when yeah. people are asked, Matt Lafleur or others, they go, "It's early," which is not the answer that you want. Dan Orlovsky said today that Jordan Love is under the most pressure of any quarterback. In the NFC. So our Iron Jack poll question is, do you agree with him? I think the answer is yes. There's other options out there. But does Jordan Love have more pressure than any other quarterback in the NFC? The way that we'll hear from Orlovsky later. But the way that I think of it is yes, because if he's bad, just like if Justin Fields is number two on this list, if they're bad this year, they're essentially 80% out the door after the season, if not further. Just like Kyler Murray, who's on this list, and just like Dak Prescott's is on this list, they're all out. They're all getting pushed out the door if they don't get it done this year. They're maybe not all the way gone, but pretty far gone. Yeah, I could maybe. I mean, Geno, Geno Smith. Like they got to be thinking we're always looking to move on. But if you're a serviceable, serviceable quarterback in the NFL, you're gonna have a job. So. There's some pressure on Geno, but is is it the fact that he had such a low bar going in, the f- reason he's got no bar currently? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a low bar. It's, it's a lower bar because you're right. They're going to move on regardless at some point. I, I view Daniel Jones as the quarterback in the NFC with the most pressure. He just got this massive contract, and he's kind of been an average quarterback. So the Giants are tied to him, and if he stinks up the joint this year, that puts him in a horrible position but, because they owe him so much money. So I'd put Daniel Jones over Jordan Love, who I think gets two years as the starter regardless of performance. In the NFL, Orlovsky says, Rodgers, Love, Fields, Watson, Lamar Jackson. Rodgers but, definitely number one. Now, Rodgers, he but he's the, the first like perform guy because you could say Jalen Hurts, you could say others. Daniel Jones is still going to be the starting quarterback for the Giants unless he's an abject disaster this year. 
Like Jordan Love has to show this year that he's worth an investment in the future. Same with Jordan. Same with Justin Fields. Same with Dak Prescott, really, and Kyler Murray. Those guys, either you got to show us, or you're likely we're going to look for your replacement. Maybe by you keep the job and by the string of your teeth and you turn it all around. But if Jordan Love's bad this year, the Packers are looking for his replacement next year. Yeah. Or even if he's meh, they're going to look early in their draft for his replacement. And uh, we did hear from Tina Turner there. Uh, rest in peace, Tina Turner. Unfortunately, wow. I, hopefully I'm not breaking that news to you because I hate to be the person that breaks terrible news. But Tina Turner, look, she's got some massive hits. What's Love Got to Do With It? Private Dancer. Uh, simply the Best. Uh, what's the big river keep on t- rolling? Yeah. Roll, uh, so, like, that's another one, too. Rolling down the river. Rolling down the river with uh, Ike Turner. So she's a historic. I'm assuming she's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but she passed away. And that's a real bummer yeah. because uh, a musical icon, Tina Turner, has passed away. We're going to get to our new segment coming up next, which is called Matt's Back. And we'll get to that. This is Roger Hamilton, presented by Cruise Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Rest in peace to Tina Turner. We'll be bumping back with some Tina Turner songs throughout the day. Simply the Best reminds me of uh, a, a thing that Steve the Homer True did. That he saw John Clay, former Badger running back, play. I think he played for Racine at state title and played at Camp Randall. I wasn't back up from Florida yet. But legend has it that John Clay was not tackled that day. And uh, it's really, if you look at the stats, probably not that far off. But whenever... A uh, little trope that Homer did is whenever he talked about John Clay, he'd fire up simply the best from Tina Turner because he was <laughs> the best high school running back he'd ever seen, at least to that point. Interesting. Because John <laughs> Clay, I mean, could you imagine in high school? I, I mean, I'm trying to look up his size right now. There's, I mean, obviously, John Clay was a, not quite the running back that like Melvin Gordon and other ones were, but he was six foot one, two forty eight at his playing days in college. He was probably six foot one, two forty in high school, right? Which is impossible. Just feels impossible to tackle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Tackling a grown man, <laughs> right? And he did look like a grown man as a true freshman here at Wisconsin. So it's just one of those things where it was just these poor kids from Kakana <laughs> were just getting bounced off of him or whatever, but <laughs> uh, or Green Bay or whatever. But Matt Hamilton is back. This is Rutledge and Hamilton. We are presented by Coors Light and Matt. Uh, was gone. We're going to do this new segment called Matt's Back. And before we get into that, though, I'm sure you're back. To, you're happy to be back in the state of Wisconsin, uh, so you can sip on some delicious limes. That is right. I definitely missed a good Wisconsin beer when I was out in California. There was none of the summer shandies, the juicy peach, the honey uh, lemon lager light. None of them. And it was pretty upsetting. But first thing I did when I got home, I enjoyed a nice honey lemon light uh, beer. It was fantastic. Gave me that Wisconsin feel. Reminded me I was back home. We're done with vacation. Time to get your nose back to the grindstone. 
And that's when I came up with this wonderful idea for this segment. Thanks to Lion of Kugels and their list of delicious beers from Shandy's IPAs, Weiss to Box, Lion of Kugels Juicy Peach to the Northwoods Amber. They've got a beer for any moment and any flavor. Go get it wherever you get delicious beers. And remember, you got to be 21 years or older to enjoy. Guess who's back? back, back, back. Calm down, Alex. <laughs> I'm excited. How can you blame me? How can you blame me? Matt Hamilton, good to have you back, pal. So it's time to figure out what you've missed. I've got three different takes. We might only have time for two as we got to get to Jason Wildey coming up at 2.30. But things me and Jim have discussed over the course of the last week. I would like to start with Thursday when we were at Breeze Stevens Field, arguing about the future of Giannis Antetokounmpo, or as you like to call him, Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> Here's me and Jim at Breeze Stevens Field. I'll bet you five hundred dollars that Giannis doesn't finish his career with the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, that's not the bet we're going with. I bet you five hundred dollars Giannis is a buck in two years. You, you, you I'll bet you five hundred. Wait, so you're telling me he's not going to be here? You <laughs> no, said there's a better no, chance no, he leaves no, than I wake no, up no, tomorrow. No, no, you said in two years. My whole point was. And again, you're not listening, which is not uncommon. It's a 100% chance he plays for the Milwaukee Bucks next year. If they screw it up, that 100% goes to, uh, down to maybe 80%. And again, you're not listening, which is not uncommon. Your reaction to Jim saying, Giannis may not be a buck in two or three years. <laughs> again, Strove, you're still not listening. <laughs> That's not what Jim said. And again, you're not listening, which is not uncommon. <laughs> so... And he's misquoting me. So basically, my whole point that Wait, day. Wait, no, hold on. And that was he's, my flu he game. He can't misquote you because he literally played your. But, audio. He's, but he's playing it. But he's again playing a very small clip of it. Oh, fair. And so and again, you're not listening, which is not he's uncommon. Not listening, and you didn't listen then, and now it clips me short. My idea was basically the Bucks know they're on a the clock with Giannis. That's why they fired Budenholzer. Right. And if they screw this up with their head coach and their roster moves, Giannis won't leave. Like. LeBron or others just like because he wants to go to a big city or he wants to play with his friends. But Giannis will leave if he doesn't think his team can compete for a title. And the Bucks are right on the precipice of just being screwed. And they have to do this right. And I'm not saying they won't, but they know they have to do it right. That's why they started by firing Budenholzer. Matt's back. Let's hear from more from Jim. Go ahead, Matt. <laughs> yeah, Don't yeah. get mad that you tried to clip me out. I just wanted to set it up right for Matt. And again, you're not listening, which is not uncommon. I definitely agree that Giannis wants to win, and I think he wants to win in Milwaukee. But if it doesn't work out that way, I, I don't think that he is so tied to Milwaukee that he will let this let himself be on a team that falls into the obscurity of middle-of-the-road NBA teams. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, Giannis is playing for the next two years for the Bucks for sure, but there's... a pretty high probability that he doesn't finish his career with the Bucks. That's like kind of a unicorn thing anyway, and especially in the NBA now, the way players get bounced around, like it's hard for any player to play one with one team their entire career. So, I mean, I, you're not super off base, but he's definitely going to be a buck for the next two years. The Bucks do need to get this right because it could be the first domino to fall, which leads Giannis out the door if this does not go the way uh, Giannis is hoping it does. Yesterday, Jim's reaction to the draft in 2025, the NFL draft coming to Green Bay. Jim says, Green Bay, not the best representative to show off the state of Wisconsin. Picking a place in the state to represent how great the state is. Right here. And Madison's number one, but Green Bay is definitely not in my top five. Top five? I am definitely top taking three. 
No, I'm taking Madison, Milwaukee, Door County, Lake Geneva, Lake the North Woods. The it's North all Woods, Illinoisans down the, there. The North Woods and Sturgeon Bay. All over Green Bay. <laughs> uh, I don't. No, I made a mistake. I didn't mean Sturgeon Bay. I meant Lake Superior. I just okay. got messed up. Fair enough. Um, no to Superior, Wisconsin. <laughs> it's great up there. I mean, outside of Superior, but where are they going to do the draft? They have to do it in town. No, no, it's not where you do the draft. It's what if you were telling people to come to the state of Wisconsin and see oh. how great it was, I would lift all those places in front of like, hey, give me a great, like, I want Wisconsin to show up and like oh, show off like, Wisconsin. Like, as like... You're going to be a tourist here. The draft happens yeah. to be here. That's just one thing you're doing for the four days. The I was just saying, like, if you could represent the yeah, state of Wisconsin, okay. Madison, number one, then Milwaukee, Door County, the Northwoods, Lake Geneva, and then I would say uh, Bay, Bay Point or way, way up in north, whatever it's like. There's a city There's a city up there in uh, Bayfield. Bayfield, yeah. Huh. You know, you're not entirely wrong. Outside of Lambeau Field, I don't know real reasons to go to Green Bay. There's no reason. So, I mean, it should definitely. I hear they have a delicious Applebee's, but <laughs> other than that, uh, Walker Hayes is making a concert up there. So, <laughs> Strove, I think we should go to Jason Weldy. <laughs> uh, somebody's in their feelings. Well, we'll get to Jason Weldy in a little bit. Uh, ambassador for Green Bay. Uh, Alex Stroff will have to talk more about how excited he is uh, continuing along there. At Canopy Wealth Management, they make time to truly get to know and understand your dynamics and values and goals for your family. No family fits your generic mold, and neither should your financial plan. At Canopy, their clients' financial goals are something they're constantly striving to help each other and help you reach maximum potential, which is why they work solely in your best interest. You can go to Canopy. Wealth.com to get started with them today. That's Canopy Wealth.com. This is Rutledge Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Jason will be. I'm not in a mood for drama tonight, Jason. Why are you always trying to stir stuff up, Jason? Is on Rutledge and Hamilton. I don't know if I will go as far as you will. With Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton. <laughs> All right, boys. All right. There be good. Presented by Coors Light. <laughs> It is Jason Wildey. He now joins the show. And, and Jason, Matt Hamilton got all the way back from California to be on the show with you. He said, Jason's coming in. Please save him. Push him back a day so I can be uh, back in Madison. And uh, Jason, Matt had this great insight when he was in San Francisco when he toured Alcatraz. Uh, he's decided that prison, not for him, which is, which is <laughs> nice to know, right, Jason? Uh, yeah, but you're married. <laughs> And it's bliss. It's the greatest, right? Um, Isn't it no, wonderful? I was thinking of so. So Paula and I, uh, we actually um, we got engaged in San Francisco, and it's one of our favorite places to go. We haven't been in quite a while. The girls were pretty young the last time we were there, but we did go. We have gone to Alcatraz a couple of times. Once before the girls came along, and once after, and. I uh, immediately, it, we went after we got, like, literally we got engaged. Um, I, I proposed on uh, the curviest uh, Lombard Street, the curviest oh, yeah. street in the world or whatever. Yep. Uh, and I, I went through this whole spiel about life is full of twists and turns and ups and downs, and she was, like, <laughs> not even listening. Wow. Uh, but, How well thought out. Uh, You're such a romantic. Who I am. It really worked out well. Uh, if I hadn't gotten lost, maybe she would have been paying more attention by the time we finally <laughs> got to Lombard Street. But 
Um, we then went, we went straight from there to Alcatraz. And I said it was appropriate because now I've sent myself to prison by deciding to get married. And wow! That's what, and she uh, still decided start. to marry you. <laughs> she, she's the one that's probably probably more in prison than I am. So. Yeah, fair but, enough. Uh, no, you do not. You do not strike me as someone who would do well there. You would. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe now that I now that I pause to think about it, I'm guessing that there would be more more interest in you. Uh, then there might be in some of the rest of us if we were all sent together. You know what I mean? There you go. You're a handsome fella, Matt. Uh, and, <laughs> oh, no. That's exactly that's what, oh, what I, I meant. You're like Matt. You'll probably make friends with all the guards. You'll you, probably be the, like, the most liked person in all of prison. No, you, that's not what he was no, getting at. <laughs> you will be the most liked person in all of prison. <laughs> you will. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. That's on. all I wanted. Yeah. There you go. You love to be loved. I do. Uh, Dan Orlovsky said today, Jordan Love has the most pressure of any quarterback in the NFC. I think he had Justin Fields, too. I can't remember three on the list, but I know Dak, Dak. Prescott's Maybe. on the list and Kyler Murray's on the list. Uh, Jason, I'll ask you simply, is, is that kind of a pretty fair statement? I guess it's really is how do you define pressure? Yeah, I, I define uh, Dan Orlovsky as someone that I don't really care what his opinion is. Okay. Um, he... Uh, this, I, I've made this very clear. If he ever wants to come on our show again and have me tell him this to his face, I'll be happy to do it. But this was the guy who was a freaking nobody when we were having him on our show. And then he got his big break at ESPN, and he doesn't even return Jesse's text, which, you know, I don't even want Jesse texting him anymore. But I thought this was asinine. I did. Okay. I, I think he's wrong. I think, first of all, I think your guy, and you tell me if I'm wrong, Jimmy, but I think your guy's under more pressure. Because yeah, I, well, go ahead. they had every opp- they had a, they had an opportunity to say, you know what, this guy's all right, but he ain't the guy. We got the number one overall pick. We're going to take somebody. You know, we're going to try this again. Uh, obviously, they didn't do that, and maybe they will live to rue that decision, depending on how um, Bryce Young turns out. Now, I personally would say that had this year's draft been next year's draft, and the two guys that are at the top of next year's draft were the ones that the Bears would have to choose from. I think it would have been a much harder decision. But the bottom line is they traded away the first-round pick. They made whatever level of commitment they did to Justin Fields. I personally like him. I'm not a Bears fan. I just think that he's a guy that's going to turn out to be good to very good. But that's just my opinion on him. I just think that when you have done what the Bears chose to do, I think there's more pressure on him. I think Love has a grace period here. I think the way they handled his fifth-year option of not giving it to him and signing him to this extension, I think they've put it basically, we're gonna, he's got this year and next year. And so I think that actually alleviates some measure of the pressure that would have been on him this year. And, and Jason, uh, just with the Chicago part, I always put these two together because Chicago did cover their asses a little bit because they have Carolina's first-round pick next year and Carolina's second-round pick in addition to their own first right. second-round pick, just like the Packers have that with the Jets. So I could see that um, if they're airing their dirty laundry or their dishes, whichever one you're doing, uh, <laughs> I, can, I, I, I know those beeps. Laundry. Both those teams yeah. could start pulling the plug on their quarterbacks after the season. If Fields doesn't do it for the Bears, they can take those picks yep. and trade up. But the Packers could do the same with Love. They might not ever have more ammunition than they'll have after the season if Love... He has to be bad for him them to do this, but I think they're both very similar. Both teams have out plans into the next draft yeah. if their quarterbacks don't look like they can do it. 
Yeah, I think you're right, and, and I think the I think the Bears have a much uh, better chance uh, in terms of doing that. Um, I think they have better assets than the Packers would have. But you're right, and and I I don't think I personally don't think, and I've had lots of arguments about this on the airwaves. Uh, I don't have evidence nor does anyone else, including Dan Orlovsky or Keyshawn or anybody else, uh, to be able to say conclusively what's going to happen with him. But um, I don't think he's going to be god-awful horrendous. I, I just don't. I would be – I would. that is the one scenario that would really shock me. Like, if he turns out to struggle early and play well late, uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. That is what I anticipate, that by the end of the season he's kind of – the light has gone on, and he's not a great quarterback by any stretch, but he's a decent one, and he shows them enough that they want to find out more in 2024. That's what I anticipated happening, but the the idea of him being just so god-awful that they say, nope, this guy's not the guy, I, that I do not anticipate. I also don't anticipate the other end of the spectrum, where they're like, oh my god, I can't believe how freaking great this guy is. I don't expect that either. Right. So, Jason... As a Packer fan, right now, uh, what I'm hearing a lot is it's early around Jordan Love and uh, yeah. some of the mistakes he might make in practice. And I'm personally curious, when is it no longer early and we should either be A, concerned, or B, like, thrilled that he has picked it up and you know it's no longer early and he's figured it out? Yeah, that's an outstanding question. Um, Thank you. I needed that today. I was just... No, that's good. <laughs> Between that and your prison popularity, you should feel very good. About <laughs> um, uh, the question I'm asking is, I can't believe how loud that ringer is on our uh, wash machine. <laughs> um, so uh, it is definitely early. Like, the reason you're hearing that is because that's the truth. Right. Now, I do think it's important, though, to point out that it's not as early as if he was a rookie who just came in after being drafted, right? Like, right. And quite frankly, Matt LaFleur, I don't want to say put me in my place on this, but I asked him a question yesterday, and I know Jesse played it on our show, where I said, you know, obviously you want him to see everything and experience everything, but I said, is there a balancing act where you also want to make sure you're putting him in a position to be successful so he's got some building blocks as a first-year starter to build on? Like, and the reason I asked it was yesterday, like, I'm going to be honest, he did not, he was not very good for a large portion of the practice. Uh, he had this throw down the field that wobbled. It was well short, underthrown into triple coverage down the middle of the field, and it was an incompletion to Christian Watson. And then he had a red zone period where I think he only threw one touchdown during all the red zone plays. Um, and I, I just was like, God, I, and I, I, I had, I was not going to take any joy in writing a, Hey, it's early. It's only one practice. And there was another practice a day earlier. And there's another practice on Thursday that we didn't get to attend. So you don't know how he's going to perform or did perform in those. But with, the media watching their first practice of the off-season program, Jordan Love was not very good on Tuesday. That's that's what I thought I was going to end up writing uh, until the final red zone period, in which he was really good. Like he threw three touchdown passes, 
uh, one, to use Rob Domofsky's term that he used on our show, was a dart. I mean, it was a terrific throw to Christian Watson in the back of the end zone who beat Keyshawn Nixon. It was a great throw. I mean, it was a, you know, I'm not going to go so far as to say it was a Rodgers-esque throw, <laughs> but it was a hell of a throw. Uh, then he had another touchdown to Dobbs. Then he had another touchdown to Toure on the final play of the practice. So he had a really good final period, which was important. And, in fact, I would say his best throw of the entire day was this soft, like, touch pass where he had to get it over the defender and drop it in the bucket to A.J. Dillon in the back left corner of the end zone. And Dillon dropped it. Like, it should have been another touchdown during that period. So he had a really good final period. And the reason I asked LaFleur that question was, you have to try and have those moments so when all those growing pains moments happen at other points in the practice, he can walk out that day and feel, yeah, i got to get better at this, this, and this, and, oh, I, I can't believe I missed that throw, and everything else that you grow and learn from your mistakes from. But also, you know, I, I, I don't know about you guys, whether you're coaching in the NFL or you're, you know, I coached the girls' softball team yesterday or coaching basketball, what I do not want is a practice where everything goes wrong and all you make are mistakes. I don't care that you learn more from your mistakes and your failures. You've got to have some success, too. Otherwise, you are so downtrodden when you leave practice. That, I don't want that scenario. And so I thought it was really important for Jordan to finish the, the practice that way. And I asked Jordan afterward, I asked, you know, kind of what, what, what is your approach after a day like this. And it was really interesting. He said that he actually goes home with his iPad and that they upload the practice film because the veterans are done and he is a veteran. The veterans were done yesterday after practice. Like they basically, if they did media, they talked to us, they showered and they were out of there. The rookies had to stay for extra meetings. So he went home and as soon as he was home with his iPad, the Packers had uploaded the, the film of his practice and he was able to watch it all back at home. So uh, he's, it's not going to be for lack of effort. It's not going to be for lack of uh, intellect. Um, it's possible he just won't be good enough. But I, there are, for you, Matt, as a Packers fan, there are encouraging signs, but there are also reasons for concern. And that's why no one, not me, not any you know Dan Orlovsky type, and quite frankly, not Matt LaFleur or Brian Gutekunst or anybody else should be making any declarative statements about where this guy is and where he's headed. It's still very early, but we're getting late in our interview with Jason Wilde here on Rutledge and Hamilton. Jason, uh, I'm the only... I'm pretty the, professional. Thank you. That's me. Yeah, I mean, that's they me. don't just hand out WBAs to anyone. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's damn straight, I think they fellas. do. From what I could tell from the other <laughs> entries, they do, actually. <laughs> hey, if you got $25, you might be able to get yourself one. Okay. Well, this is going well. Uh, Jason, I'm the only one excited about the NFL draft coming to Green Bay, my hometown where you live. Uh, I think it's going to be a great representation of the, of the great city of Green Bay. Uh, but you use the term when, when talking about uh, love, mistakes and failures. How can we avoid mistakes and failures when the draft comes to town in 2025? You're right, because you don't get a, another practice uh, after that. You get your three-day shot, and that's it. Um, I, I don't know. So they, and I don't know if it's just because Mark Murphy doesn't like me or what, but they decided to have that press conference this morning during our show, uh, and I've been dealing with some other stuff here, so I have not seen... Uh, 
did he did Murphy really once again float the idea of cruise ships for lodging? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, I, I watched. Yeah. it. he sure did. Yep. I mean, that's what he uh, uh, did. He use the same joke as last year too, where he said, uh, uh, "Although we don't know if uh, uh, all the ice will be uh, thawed by then or not." <laughs> well, you're pretty good at this, Jason. That's He's exactly gift that what keeps he on said. Giving Mark that's exactly Murphy. what Goodness. he said. He repeated his phrase oh my God, from 22. He used the same joke from last year. Uh, unless I saw, unless I saw a cut from 22, I believe it was the same one. Yeah. That's oh, funny, um, Mark Murphy. <laughs> but then he made another joke. He made another material, joke about how yeah. the, uh, Green Bay was voted the best city in the U.S. and that they they must not have taken that poll in the winter. Ha 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 ha! Oh, that's, that's another good one. Hey, it's cold um, in Green Bay. I don't know if you guys knew that. <laughs> <laughs> look, nice. There we go. Uh, look, Jim is Jim is a long long time Bears fan. The Bears hosted. Uh, the first two drafts that they moved in 15 and 16 out of New York, but they were indoors, right? Um, and that that climate's not significantly better. I don't know what the Packers' plan is. I don't know. Again, like I said, I had some other stuff going on, so I did not see the video, the press conference that they so thoughtfully did while we were trying to do our show. But um, they, <laughs> the I hope they have all. I hope they have alternative like plans, right? Like. They started this quest after Philadelphia in 2016 or 15, whatever it was, was awarded the 2017 draft. And the idea was, hey, if Philadelphia can have it, we can have it. And so it was because it was the first one that was going to be outdoors. And so they obviously are planning on having a significant portion of draft day outdoors. But I hope, much like somebody who would get married in Wisconsin and have an outdoor wedding, that they have alternative plans. Because I don't know many fans. Fans maybe are willing to – Packers fans may be willing to sit in the freezing cold for a berth in the play, in the Super Bowl, especially uh, preferably if they'd win it once. But I don't think they're willing to sit there in April to see Roger Goodell hug the seventh overall pick. So it's going to be really interesting <laughs> to see if the weather cooperates. Uh, Jason, uh, dynamite <laughs> stuff. A lot, a lot of great stuff. We appreciate it. You can get All back right, to that laundry. Good. All right, we appreciate it. Uh, look, mine are just as loud. I think I don't know if it's the same yeah. brand. They all have my dishwasher makes the similar dings when it's done. I but. prefer my dishwasher singing to me than just a beat. So yeah. I, I like that. Yeah, it's my touch. It's, it's fine. I just wish you could mute it. I can sing to you if you want. No, as a dishwasher. No, you have to wash the dishes first, and then you can try. Hey, I'm good about dishes. <laughs> Laundry, not so much. Do you do beepy bop songs while you wash the dishes? Uh yeah. Like, do I sing them? You mean? No. Like, can you scat while you do it? Going forward, can you scat? <laughs> yeah, you I can try. Wow. All right. Uh, give me some numbers. Four and eight. Call number four and call number eight. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven. It's written on the sheet or anything. I don't look at this. 844-770-3776. I just want it. It's just one of those things. It's like, make your bed for your kids. Like, just do it. I'm not going to check it. I just want you to do it. 844-770-3776. Caller number four and caller number eight. Uh, you're going to be entered to win that $50 gift card from our good friends at North and South Seafood and Smokehouse. Minute to win it. Coming up next, caller number four, caller number eight. 844-770-3776. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts.
Dave does know how to party. We know how to party here on Rutledge and Hamilton. And a great place to throw a party is North and South Seafood and Smokehouse in Madison, Verona, or DeForest. Uh, wherever you're going to have uh, a gathering coming up, I think graduation was really big, proms around the corner, or has happened already. There'll be other events. There'll be Father's Day. There'll be uh, other summer events, get-togethers, birthdays, whatever it is. North and South Seafood and Smokehouse, all three locations are fantastic. You can have food delivered. You can pick it up. You can have a big event there, and you can just go there for a good date night. All those are great opportunities to go to North and South Seafood and Smokehouse, and uh, someone today is going to win a $50 gift card to our friends at North and South Seafood and Smokehouse for a minute to win it. Are you on Team Rutledge or Team Hamilton? I don't want to pick sides. This is the Minute to Win It presented by North and South Seafood and Smokehouse with three locations in Madison, DeForest, and Verona. All right, it is time to play Minute to Win It as Jim takes a sip from his Alcatraz this metallic This place is a prison! Uh, I, I poured some water in there. Is that what you did as well? Yes. And it tastes a little metallic The first sip. Now I'm fine. Okay. Well, you've adjusted. Yes. You've adjusted. Now, I learned this. That you should not, you should try to drink mineral water and not purified water or like straight, like, or water through a filter. Well, I'm doing a bad job of drinking a lot of purified water today. Yeah, just the reason why is that if it's if it's purified, you have, there's certain parts of mineral water that'll help you retain the water. How much useless information is in that noggin of yours? How's that useless? It's a little useless. It'll help you stay you know, hydrated. You more. know so many random things that nobody else on this panel knows. It's just I wish I could pick and choose what sticks in my brain because that's yeah, the right? problem. Don't, I, don't we all? Yeah. I mean, I have so many like random sports stats in that brain or music stuff. Anyway, all right. I actually think we've done this category or this uh, topic before. Okay. A year ago, I think this might have been the first minute to we'll win see it if we it's ever stuck. did. Yeah, we will find out. Uh, and it got brought up because of what you said yesterday. About the best representations of Wisconsin. Okay. I am looking for the top 10 cities in Wisconsin based on population. Make sense? Yeah. All right. Your time starts in three, two, one. Uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee is number one. Madison. That's number two. All righty. Green Bay. That's number three. All righty. Uh, and this is where it gets Appleton. interesting. Appleton is number six. All righty. And then I'm going to go with... Uh, Am I missing somewhere else is like a major area, metropolitan area? I'll go with like Beloit. Beloit is not on the list. It's strike hmm. one. Racine? Racine is number five. All right. We'll go with um, Waukesha. Waukesha is number seven. You've got, you're missing number four and then eight through ten. So I'm missing an easy one there. I should be missing. What about Sheboygan? Sheboygan is number 13. That's strike two. Jeez. Uh, she boy again got me, huh? So, Oshkosh? Oshkosh is number nine. All righty. <clears throat> About 10 seconds. All right, I got one in my back pocket, but it feels low. Might Lake, as well use it. Lake Geneva seems low. I'm just trying to think of, I'll go uh, lacrosse. Lacrosse is number 12. That's strike ah. three anyway, but way to burn it there at the end. Really good outing for you there, Jimmy. That's a seventh spot. Okay, I should name more areas around Milwaukee. All right, let's bring in Matt Hamilton. Matt Hamilton, Mr. Wisconsin, should ace this one. That's what I'm saying. You're wearing a Wisconsin hat today, so it's a big F if you don't get it. Was this on purpose because he wore the hat? No. It was because of your take yesterday is what inspired this. All right. Matt, this is a – I believe I've done this one before. I'm not 100% because obviously we've done uh, about 52 of these now. Um, So, right, is my math there? One every week, 52 weeks? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. We've done this segment for about a year now. Um, 
I am looking for the top 10 cities in Wisconsin based on population. As simple as that. Make sense? Yeah. All right. Your time starts in three, two, one. Milwaukee. That's number one. Madison. That's number two. Eau Claire. Eau Claire is number eight. Green Bay. Green Bay is number three. Uh, Wausau. Wausau, strike one. Oh. Not in the top 15. Makes me nervous about Superior. Superior. Superior strike two. Now also not in the top oh, 15. No. <laughs> Big cities in Wisconsin. Lacrosse. Just like that. That's strike three. Lacrosse is number 12 on that list. Oh, no. How'd you do? Seven? A lot better than you. Wow. Congrats to what? the Adam and Madison. Hey, all right. The winner this week in Minute to Win It. All right, let's run through it. You both missed number four. Which I was ge- I cannot place it. I'm going to be mad when you tell me. Uh, you are. So number one, Milwaukee. Number two, Madison. Number three, Green Bay. We know those. Number four is Kenosha. 99,000 people live there. Kenosha. Number I, five. Honestly, I feel like Kenosha was in my head when I said uh, Beloit. But I was trying to think of somewhere. But go ahead. Oh, Jim, Jim got five, six, and seven, which in order were Racine, Appleton, oh. and Waukesha. Matt got number eight, Eau Claire. Jim got number nine, Oshkosh. Last huh. one you guys didn't get. Sun Prairie. That was one. I, I honestly was thinking about throwing it out there because it gets no, something. No, no. Sun Prairie is only about 33,000 uh, with 65,000 residents. Janesville, Wisconsin, number 10 oh. on this list. God, Janesville doesn't even cross my mind. I have place. 11 through 15 written down. I'm surprised Janesville. Bigger and superior. You both guessed lacrosse, number 12. West Alice is number 11. Okay. Number 13 is Sheboygan. Wait, West Dallas is bigger than Lacrosse? Yeah, by population. Wow. Number, number 14, Wauwatosa. And number 15 is Fond du Lac. Top 15 cities based on population. So there you go. Congrats Superior to was, Adam and Your two were out there, Wausau and Superior. I, I thought, I mean, Wausau I thought was like surprisingly big. But you just missed the idea, and I knew I had to do this. I should have just done more of it. You got to live around Milwaukee. I mean, that's where right. it is. And so yeah. I, I didn't do enough of those. I got scared away when I said Beloit and it was wrong. And uh, I got Waukesha and I got Racine right. I should have thought of Kenosha, but I just right. I got scared away. And then I pounced out to lacrosse, and that's how I got my third strike. Wausau, number 18 on the list. Beloit, number 22. Mm. Sun Prairie, 24. All right. Well, we we will revisit the Jordan Love conversation at the top of the next hour. We're also going to do throwing stones, and we're going to talk to Eric Name from The Athletic about the Bucks coaching search. This is Roger Hamilton, presented by Cruise Light.